0: G'day listeners and welcome back to another episode of the Keeper League podcast. We're the AFL Fantasy podcast that doesn't talk about the superstars. We only talk about the lesser knowns and the players who are going to bring value to your draft and Keeper League teams. My name's Hef and today I am joined by Kyle Holmes from the Point of Difference podcast. For those who don't know, he was the number one, uh, sorry, number two ranked AFL Fantasy coach in
1: 2021. Uh, And he joins us today. How you going, mate? Yeah, going well, mate. Thanks. Uh, yeah, got the, the AFL Fantasy Classic credentials, but this is the Keeper League pod and we're here to talk about Keeper League. So you can just uh, refer to me as the bloke that finished about 14th in our startup Keeper League last year. So <laughs> going all right, but we need to get better.
0: <laughs> all right, mate. Well, uh, yeah, hopefully uh, we can dish out some advice today to help you with that. But uh, maybe uh, you're well, You're here to talk about some Fremantle players. You're a diehard Fremantle supporter. Is that right? Yeah, love the Purple Boys. Love them. All right, so we'll talk about Fremantle in general to start off with. So they are a developing side, but they definitely have top four aspirations this year after making the finals last season. Uh, added Diego Amir in the off-season, um, that'll have a fantasy impact, but also lost Blake Akers. How do you see their makeup just in terms of their game style? Do you think there'll be any changes or any tweaks, or will it be much the same in continue development?
1: Yeah, look, I think it'll be much the same. Uh, no one really expected Freo to do as well as what they did last year. They kind of came out firing and then sort of slowed towards the end of the year. But I think if you had um, asked for a a semi-final exit at the start of the year, everyone would have taken it. So, um, Blake Akers obviously is a big hole to fill out on that wing and I'm sure we'll talk about a few players that might potentially roll through there a bit later. But I see Jagger O'Meara as as pretty much just a stopgap coming in to replace David Mundy, like for like. I think he'll take those midfield minutes and and, uh, they'll be able to keep that same sort of midfield mix. So, yeah.
0: Well, that's good to hear for coaches because, yeah, we don't really like change because they're a pretty fantasy-friendly side at the moment, uh, Fremantle, quite a few superstars, or one in particular superstar on that side. But, uh, yeah, definitely a lot of potential there with their game style. Um, We'll get into some players now, though. This season, we've been looking at undervalued players, breakout contenders, and stash options. So we'll begin with the undervalued players, and that's uh, Nat Five. So what do you reckon about him? Do you think he'll be a good value picker? What do you see him averaging this year? What role do you see him playing? All that sort of th- stuff.
1: Yes, yeah, so I think the thing that's um, going to be quite valuable about Nat Five this year is obviously his mid-forward status, um, but that's going to be reflective of the role I think he plays. So... Um, I think the days are gone of Nat Fife being a, a full-on midfielder and I think he'll, he'll spend most of his time forward but sort of chop out in the middle when they need someone to go in there. I think just a way to preserve his body a little bit more um, rather than him being injured and not being able to be out there. So that's the role I see him playing and uh, maybe like an 80, 85 might be his absolute max. I can't see him pushing into, into the 90s in that role but um, definitely undervalued for what he put out last year.
0: Yeah, I 100% agree. He'll, he'll bring you value in your draft and keeper leagues just because of that forward status because you're going to need... Players like him are going to be still around the mark, you know, top 15, top 20 type, um, or probably even higher than that, really, with snap five. So he should be one of the the gun forwards in the competition if he can get the body right and stay on the park. It's just you're not going to see that midfield superstardom like you used to see, I think. That's the only issue. Um. We'll move on. Yeager uh, Omira. So I've just got a good feeling about him this year. So last year we saw his CBAs dip by 11% and missed some other season as well. Um, spent some time up forward for Hawthorne as well and still managed to average 82. You think he just
1: slots straight into uh, Monday's role there and you know plays a pretty handy role for you guys? Yeah, well, Mundy was still getting roughly sixty-five percent CBAs in his last season. So that's a fair chunk that I see Omira coming in and taking. I I think they really liked Will Brody coming on just for that sort of quick burst and then and then coming off and, and Caleb Sarong still young and building his tank. So I see Jager O'Meara coming straight in, being one of those bigger bodies that can help protect a Brayshaw and a, a Sarong and those types. And yeah, he, he definitely should um, see a bit of an uptick in scoring considering he's going from a, a A team that wasn't very fantasy friendly last year in Hawthorne in a different game style to one like Freo that prefers nice controlled ball movement and and moving the pill around. So, um, yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if he he can push back up to that 90 average that he's been pretty consistent um, throughout his career.
0: Yeah, that's good to hear because um yeah, like I said, like it's been so consistent um throughout his career and it really just kind of coincided with that lack in midfield time last year, plus the injuries as well. He's always had those issues, but again, kind of like Fife, if he keeps the body right, should be good to go, I think and uh, be an undervalued option after last season. Uh, one I always think is good value year after year is James H. Um Office often lands himself fantasy friendly roles, either, you know, once upon a time on the halfback on the wing, even did some midfield work for you last year, doing some accountable stuff and that kind of pumped his scoring up there. Um, Blake Akers leaving. what? Where do you think James Ash plays this year?
1: So uh, I haven't actually looked into James Ash. I've seen some of his stats. What um, status does he have? Is he mid only this year? I think he is, yes. Yeah, so mid only I think is going to be quite tough. Um, he had a career best year last year, averaging 79. Um, but you are right, he's found himself at times um, in the midfield, so he did a good tagging job on Clayton Oliver throughout the year and I think there might have been one other one other game where they used him as a bit of a accountable role in the midfield and he goes out on the wing, he goes back, he goes forward. He he's kind of seems like his JL's Mr Fix It and... For fantasy, I'm not sure that's a, a great thing because, because he's moving around so much at times, his scoring can be up and down a bit like a yo-yo. So if he's only going to be pushing that 80 mark as a mid-only player, um, it's going to be a little bit of a stretch. What what sort of uh, score do you look for in your keeper leagues for your sort of uh, bottom mid, mid players?
0: Yeah, the guys that kind of round out your midfield, I generally want them to be around the 80 mark. So you've kind of F5, 6, 7, those kind of once you get past the kind of top tiers, around that 80 mark. So, if he can push that 80, um, he might be right. right. I'm still not 100% sure. He might have defender status. I'm not 100% sure, but I'm not sure if that was last year. I can't really remember. But uh, anyway, probably should have researched yeah, that one, so
1: you're, you're basically betting on him having another career best year to push into that 80 mark, which don't get me wrong, it, it could happen. His scores have been a little bit more consistent at Freo compared to um, seasons past when he's been at Collingwood and Brisbane. But, yeah, it's just... A little bit wary on players that get thrown around a lot. No, he is a
0: mid only this year. You're 100% correct. So, um, yeah, probably drops him down the ranking a little bit at that. But, uh, yeah, there's always a chance that he does go back and play a different role. It's probably going to be up forward
1: though if he goes anywhere. You don't think he goes in that free defence? Uh, we'll get to that in a little bit, but you wouldn't have thought so with the ball users that they have back there at the moment. Their defence is pretty stacked unless a few of those players go down yeah well we'll talk about I guess the the
0: wing role and some breakout contenders and the next one I want to talk about is Nathan O'Driscoll so is everyone's asking who's the Akers replacement and I guess O'Driscoll was already playing on a wing last year he kind of had that wing role sewn up but do you think he'll see a rise in 2023 has he got another level he can see or will it be another development year for Nathan O'Driscoll
1: uh to be honest mate he was fantastic last year and He, from an impact perspective, he was quite good. I'm not sure whether he's going to turn into that real Andrew Gaff accumulator on the wing type player. It seems like he can be more of that, like I said, impact player that just gets in the right spot at the right time and and pushes forward and maybe sneaks a goal here and there. You should see some natural progression, but once again, as mid only... Um, I think it's going to be quite tough for him to push that 80 mark. You are right, though, with that with that wing spot opening up. If he does become the go-to winger, it, it might change, but it's just going to be a bit of a wait and see, I think. So you don't think the 80 average is a possibility this year? Uh, I wouldn't have thought so, um, especially with his injury concerns in the past as well. Um, okay. But yeah, that's that's just sort of my opinion. It's It's going to be pretty tough for him to average 80, I
0: think. I'm hoping he's around the mark because, yeah, he does play the, you know, do the right things for the AFL fantasy scoring. Loves to kick a goal as well from impossible spots on the ground, (laughs) seems to be. But, uh, yeah, I'm a big fan. So, even if he doesn't break out this year and get that 80 average, I still think he's one definitely to stash for the future anyway. Um, Another one is Heath Chapman. So, I guess, is it possible for him to go to the next level? We talked about defenders and all that sort of stuff before. you got Luke Ryan, Jordan Clark, Hayden Young back there. All of those eat-up fantasy points. Can Heath Chapman do anything extra to become a better scorer?
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'm really big on Heath Chapman. Um, it's just going to depend on what type of a role the Fremantle side eventually moves him into. Um, as I as, uh, said before. So, you've got Hayden Young back there. You've got Jordan Clark. You've got Luke Ryan, who loves to find the footy on his day as well. So, at the moment, he's kind of suffering from a little bit of too many mouths to feed. But um, I know Ryan Daniels has been big on that. You know, he, he has all the attributes to maybe move inside one day, maybe even push out onto a wing. He's just so good at what he does. He's he's a class above, really. Um, and he's definitely someone I, I wouldn't be throwing out just yet and, and would be stashing in hopes of maybe one day um, finding a more fantasy-friendly role and, and taking his game to the next level. So, you, don't rec- again, don't reckon a
0: breakout this year or what do you think?
1: Well, the the bar's a little bit lower for defenders, right? So, yeah. he wouldn't quite have to push that 80 mark. Um I suppose you need to look at it this way. If you're if you're big on a Hayden Young sort of breakout into the 90s and then you're yep. big on a, a Jordan Clark um, maintaining or even maybe slightly improving what he did last year, there's only so much ball to go around in that back line. So the math says that they're not all going to average in that, you know, high 80s, low 90s. There's someone that's going to miss out.
0: Yeah, we might throw Jordan Clark into this breakout contender. So again, you just mentioned that you think he's got another level to go. So, is he more of a player that you would kind of have as your breakout contender?
1: Uh, The only issue with Jordan Clark is he actually started to get some attention last year. So, because he's so damaging off that half back with his run and carry, he was actually the guy that some of those forward tags started to go to. So, if that continues... um, then that's obviously going to put a bit of a, a cap on his ceiling. But um, in his first year at Freo, he slotted into that system just absolutely beautifully. So I think Understand. they really they really like the, the run and dash that he brings off that back line, you know, um, a bit of speed when, you know, Young and, and Chapman may lack that a little bit. Yeah, no, that's interesting. So, yeah,
0: out of the three, because I thought he would be the one to struggle out of that attention. But you're right, with natural progression and just kind of learning to deal with that attention, It's probably easier for him to lift his scoring probably than the other two as well. So yeah, interesting thoughts. Just interrupting the podcast to bring you a special message from our friends at Manscaped. Uh, It's a new year. The ball has officially dropped, but that doesn't mean you have to drop the ball on your balls in 2023. Whether you had a New Year's kiss or not, the leaders in below the waist grooming have you covered for your much needed resolution of bringing the sexy back. Join the 7 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with our exclusive offer. Go to manscaped.com and use the code Keeper20 for 20% off and free shipping. That's Keeper20 for 20% off and free shipping. Let us have a toast for a new year, new you, and a new you with no no pubes um we'll move on to the stash options so the one i've got as a stash is neil erasmus so he comes into his second season um not often do we see second year breakouts for these type of midfielders we generally wait till you know year three or four um he averaged 96 in the waffle last year and put up some monster scores where does he sit in the depth chart do you think
1: yeah, to be honest, mate, I think he just falls a little bit um, unluckily at the club that he's at at the moment. I think he would be um, best 22 in a lot of other AFL sides. Um, it's just unfortunate that Freo have Brayshaw, Sarong. they now have Jager O'Meara and Will Brody came out. And the thing we know about Freo is JL runs a really tight four-man midfield. Um, with maybe just a a little um, splutter here and there from some other players. So if he does break into the best 22, which is going to be right on the cusp again this year, it could be that wing role. It could be that high half forward role with maybe a little bit of midfield time, but it's going to be quite difficult to um, really break in there this year. So if you're looking at a stash, I, I guess you're kind of betting on a Will Brody falling away or a Jager O'Meara, you know, falling away in the next couple of years as he goes into his 30s. But he has all the makings to be a, a fantasy gun for us. He just unfortunately is going to lack opportunity um, right now and, and maybe into next year.
0: There's a bit of talk on Twitter that there's a lot of people expecting him to become like, or to fill one of those, that hole left by Blake Akers. Can you see a possibility or a world where he just runs along a wing for a season?
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's a a way to get someone that they see as their best 22 in the future um, into the game right now and to learn the running patterns. Um, There's a a lot of talk about uh, Johnson filling that role as well. So it's going to be quite tough between those two. Um, and that's the other thing, if they're, if they're both fringe 22, then then maybe they are in one week, out another week and, and makes it a little bit tough for, for consistent scoring for us.
0: Yeah, so then it probably does make sense to stash him for a few years to see if they can kind of rise their ranks and break into that side. Well, you mentioned the next guy and that's Matt Johnson. Um, a lot of excitement surrounding him when he got drafted and because like, he already had played senior footy, I think, when he came into the AFL system, so he'd already had experience. So a lot of people were probably expecting a debut last year. didn't happen, but apparently training the house down this preseason. Uh, what are your thoughts on Matt Johnson?
1: Yeah, how much can you really take into those Twitter articles, though, mate? We we <laughs> don't true. really know. Um, I, I Once again, I think he falls exactly in that same category as Erasmus, uh, Matty Johnson, so he's going to be right there again, right on the cusp of that 22 uh, 23 now that we have the sub who knows he, he might be able to get his debut through a sub vest um, and who knows once he gets into the team if he plays the role that the coaches need him to play and he impresses um, that's all he's going to need to maybe cement his spot in the side and for us to really get a good look at him um, I just can't see there being too much change right now other than that um vacant Blake Acres spot on the wing we know that Logue's gone but you would think um, Luke Jackson just comes in to feel that tall forward spot and then Tucker was in and out anyway so it's really that wing spot that we're looking for at the moment who's your gut feel who feels it that wing spot uh, well, without knowing exactly how well their bodies are travelling um, through the preseason, it's got to be Erasmus. I think played a bit of senior footy last year. He was the higher draft pick. I know they're talking up Johnson at the moment, but um, it just my gut feel says it's going to be Erasmus. But yeah, it's it's going to be yeah you know, how they go in the preseason trial matches and things like that. Yeah, interesting. All right,
0: uh, each week we read out uh, some gold members' names, those who choose to support the podcast. So thank you to these gold members, um, Tim Davis, Luke Matarokia, Crunchy Crone, um, Ben Leach, uh, Hamish Hutton Alan Serry Shane Brown Callum Stone uh, Nectakana, and Stefan Husanoff so thank you to those Gold members uh, if you wish to support the podcast uh, you may do so at KeeperLeaguePod.com.au there's a link in the description there um, yeah all your support kind of means this podcast keeps going year after year so thanks for that but Even if you can't support financially, that's 100% fine. Um, You could help us out by subscribing to our YouTube channel, following us on Facebook, Twitter, uh, liking us, posts on TikTok, all that sort of stuff. So um, plenty of ways to show your support. So thank you to those uh, members and listeners out there who do so. All right, we'll move on to some listener questions uh, quickly here, Kyle. So um, the first one, Tom Oates, he just wants to know about Sam Sturt. What's your opinions on him as a player and can he be a fantasy uh, target for the future?
1: Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, four games, I believe, in his first season, um, crippled by injury, and we haven't seen him since. So um, take that as you will. Clearly, something's not going on right there for him to be able to get his body right to play AFL footy. Uh, I've seen little bits of uh, little bits of him play for for Peel. Obviously, different footy. You would think with uh, Frio's opportunity in the forward line, we've always been lacking tall forwards and, and marking forwards that the opportunity is going to be there. We just we just haven't seen it. So I think he's a, a bit behind a few in the pecking order now with Jai Miss coming on and, and Luke Jackson coming over. But yeah, it'll be interesting to see if in the preseason he's got his body right and he's ready to play some practice games because it's been a long time since we've seen him at AFL level. All right. uh, Good to hear. Yeah. Not a name that you see thrown
0: up a lot. So it's always good to chuck those ones in. Um, Richard Eliardis wants to know, what do Luke Jackson and Sean Darcy average this year? So I think the the Twitter articles, again, we don't know how, you know, how much we can believe them, but they're leaning towards um, Luke Jackson being the number one. What are your thoughts on it all? And how do you think they fit together?
1: So I think it's going to be a little bit of horses for courses here. I think there's not going to be a a set number one and a set number two ruckman. I think it's going to be very opponent dependent on what type of a ruckman they're coming up against. Um, Whether they need a big body against, say, uh, Oscar McInerney and and Darcy shoulders the load a lot more, although Luke Jackson did kill Oscar McInerney last year, or whether they need a a more athletic Ruckman to to get around the ground a bit more against, say, a a Blitzarbs or something like that, and maybe Jackson takes the load a little bit more. So I think it's going to be very up and down, which probably means their averages are going to be quite maybe similar, maybe both of them average around that sort of 80, 85 mark rather than having one up at 90, one down at 70 or something like that. So, yep. um, yeah, I think that's where it stands for me at the moment without actually seeing any games being played. My gut
0: feel was, yeah, like if I look at Luke Jackson last year and with Max Gorn, he's around that 70 mark, but then we saw Max Gorn kind of dip in his average as well. Not all dependent on each other either. There's other factors at play there. I'm just wondering whether they're both going to be closer to that 80 mark perhaps or even, you know, one high 70s one low 80s or something like that. But either way, I think it's probably going to be negative for both of them. Don't you agree?
1: Yeah, and it's sounding like they obviously want one of them to be playing forward at all times as well. So, if, if you get a yeah. Sean Darcy floating forward, yeah, he's, he's kicked some goals on occasion, but he's not your typical forward. He can get a bit lost down there as well. So, I, I think for Darcy to score well, he needs that sort of 75 80 85 percent cba mark consistently and i'm not sure he's going to get that if they're you know chopping and changing with him and and jackson all right next question comes from uh at callum
0: with a bunch of numbers after it uh he's found some talk of hayden young potentially moving to a wing do you agree with that i've never i haven't heard that yet but
1: uh yeah i haven't heard that to be honest i i think it's it may have been floated up just by some people on Twitter and stuff like that when they're sort of discussing who can fill that role by Blake Akers on the on the wing, and it kind of it makes sense a little bit. Not they, they really like his ball movement off the half back line yeah. with Frio with Frio playing that slow, controlled ball movement through the back line style that they do. They love getting it to a Hayden Young who young who can really bite off that you know forty five kick into the middle and away they go. But, you know, maybe Frio, I'm just talking hypothetically here, maybe they want to try and push him up the ground a little bit so they can get him hitting that kick inside 50. I'm not too sure, but um, I wouldn't think so. He's very, very good at what he does off the half back line. Yeah, hundred percent agree. He strikes me as that kind of rebounding
0: um, defender, or coming off the half back line and kind of you know seeing the play up t- through the middle and things like that. So I like him in that role as well. My, my gut feel is he stays there. I can't see him in a wing to be honest. Too many other candidates. I reckon you could throw there um, that would have probably a better effect. Um, next one is uh, Shay Perez asks Liam Henry season question <laughs> mark. Have we been expecting that for a couple of years now? <laughs>
1: Yeah, look, we have. Um, he's you know former number nine draft pick, I think. So all yep. the potential in the world just hasn't put it together at AFL level. Played a lot of small forward roles in his early career when Freo weren't up and about as much. So clearly that was going to be a pretty tough role to play, um, and there just hasn't really had any consistency in in what he's done at AFL level. So if if he has a good preseason and and that wing role is his, I know he played a lot on the wing for Peel, so they kind of do like him in that. Um, that running position out on the wing, then then, who knows he's definitely going to improve on his value that he is now. But that's going to be so role dependent, so it's impossible to say without um seeing some preseason games to know whether he's in the frame to play or not.
0: Yeah, he doesn't strike me as the fantasy type. He's more of a quality over quantity for mine, but it uh, be good to see him push up to that wing like was touted and see how he goes. And he did do it a little bit last year, but um, yeah, probably just not consistent enough, as you said. Um, Jeremiah Golan asks, is Liam Reedy a good ruck option for the bench? I do not know much about this guy. Uh,
1: yeah, to be honest, mate, I haven't really looked into him too much. I think knowing that we've got Sean Darcy and Luke Jackson now, I don't think... They that, that would play that two-ruck system because of the what Luke Jackson brings around the ground as well, but I don't think they're going to play two genuine rucks. So um, He's quite far down the pecking order, and, and they're both very young, so he's going to be waiting a very long time to get his opportunity if he's waiting for those guys to get old and move on. And I think if one of, you know,
0: Jackson or Darcy does go down, they're better off playing one on the ruck and kind of using the position elsewhere. It's my gut feel with the Fremantle set up anyway. Um, just one last one that's uh, mainly driven by me here. A player that I love watching is Brandon Walker. Has he got any chance? Like, he just looks good. Like, you know, you've seen him take, make a run off the half back. He looks fast. He looks like he's powerful. He can uh, win the footy. But he's also lays a few good tackles as well. Is he just going to be... A more accountable type of a defender, and with your kind of defensive setup with all your distributors out there, I think he, he'll struggle to score. But what are your thoughts on Brandon Walker?
1: Uh, yeah, so my thoughts are that anytime there's a very dangerous small forward, think your Charlie Cameron's, um, think your Rochelle's from Adelaide, Rankin, those types, um, he's the one that gets that accountable job on them. And the Frio staff could not care less whether he has a touch all day as long as those players don't kick any goals. So He's very good with what he does. He's very quick. He's very flashy. um, He's very good at laying tackles, but he's not going to be that accumulator that we need him to be to be a good fantasy scorer. But on the other end, the player that's very similar is Michael Frederick, who plays off the half forward line, and he he doesn't have to be accountable. So, only a 56 average last year, but he's only going to get better and better as he gets more experienced and, and Freo get better at getting in the ball. So... I'm not sure when it's going to be, but it wouldn't surprise me if he can push a you know, 65, 70 average at some stage and start to get semi-keeper league relevant for our forward lines. Yeah, anything over 70 for forwards is
0: probably going to be relevant this year. So not a bad one to put in your black book. Try to pick up late in your drafts because I reckon he will definitely be um, overlooked in many. Anyways, uh, thanks, Kyle. Anything you want to plug? Uh, our listeners probably know that you're on the Point of different podcast.
1: Anything else you got going on? Nah mate, just the pod pod at the moment, uh, really good over there, just really starting to crank up for all of our, our classic content moving into the season, so looking forward to a big year ahead and hope hopefully you can do a little bit better at classic <laughs> this year Hef, we know you always put a team in. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it
0: probably my worst finish in uh, many years, still around the 6,000 mark, but uh, not usually the one or two that I'm usually around, so have to see how we go, need to maybe listen to you guys a bit more I think.
1: Yeah, well, you say your 6K's your career worst and Dossie goes 6K and it's his career best. So <laughs> just have Can't a, have a positive in that. <laughs> Can't be doing too
0: badly then. All right, thanks, mate. Uh, thanks for joining us on the show. Uh, make sure you get around us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube and TikTok uh, at Keeper League Pod is our handle in all of those. Uh, and again, if you want to support the podcast, please sign up as a member. Greatly appreciated and you keep this thing running every week. Thanks, people. Thanks, Kyle. And we'll talk to you soon.
1: Yeah, thanks, mate. Bye.